WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Morning everyone, it is a Thursday and it is a stunning day. It is blue. Sky, it is no wind. It is just an amazing day to be alive. Scotty Cummings is in the Toolkit Depot studio. Good and morning. I, I am shocked. Well, I'll tell you what. You know why it's a great day? First of all, before you tell me why you're shocked, I'm not sure. We've had a terrific hour leading up to being on air, but that's why it's a great day. I believe we're on air. I think we're on air. <laughs> Our app's been fixed. Yeah. Apparently so. And uh, you and I were tinkering away on it yesterday and we got a little mouse running. Yeah, apparently it was... Well, don't blame Darren Marin or Daryl Marin for the... Don't, don't blame the rodent for being off air, although you could. Hey, now, may I just mention this? Oh, mouse. The mouse is still around? Yeah, it does. A, yep. yep. Wow. He does. I haven't... I've worked with him once, I think, yeah. over the journey. Right. Nothing, not saying anything. Hey, uh, so, uh, reason why I said it was a beautiful day. Yeah, why thank you for like? taking me off the uh, off the track. Yeah, um, you were having a conversation with the other boys, which I wasn't included in. Yeah, well, if we do that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and you said there was thunder and lightning and stuff like no, that was, last night. There was lightning. Was it raining? There was well, where I was. No, but I'm out. Yeah, and, and it wouldn't have rained in your area. Did it rain in Geraldton last night? Doesn't rain in the Golden Triangle. But it, it does when we need it. Lightning everywhere, but not. I didn't hear any thunder or uh, didn't, no rain. But um, but Special K said he got hailed on. Was that right? Got hailed on down I, down his I, way. I, I, I did not wake up once. Well, that's good. Oh, actually, I did wake up. I did wake up. The last race at Hong Kong. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> the last leg of the quarter. <laughs> Holly Doyle got yeah. one home from England. Oh, so you're playing money again. Oh, shut oh, up, Webb. Please. Hey, big Brody, show. Brody. Big Brody. show. Big Have show. Jeremy Loliga is the um, NBL commissioner. The, yeah. Basically, the, he's the man at the coalface. He's between the owner and the clubs. Fantastic chat. We're going to be looking forward to chatting with him. going to cover off uh, all things with him. He's a beauty. Cooper Connolly's going to join us. Um, a bloke who snubbed his own local cricket club to get some fame for five minutes <laughs> yeah. to uh, field for Australia. Yeah. Sorry, fellas. Got to go. Got to go. Got uh, bigger duties. Got to play with my... Mates, yeah, the boys have just rung and said oh, I've got to get to uh, up to stadium to jump in the field. Riley Morgan will join us for a winner or two. Last day of the Pinnacles and on Saturday. At I don't want Ascot. it to be over. Pinnacles have been great. Yeah, it has. And Rodney Hogg will join us before oh. eight o'clock as well. You have no ex- idea how excited I am. You know he spends more time in WA than he does anywhere else. Well, he lives here. <laughs> uh, he lives here. He now lives here, does he? Yeah, he's been here for. At uh, three years now. Yeah, okay. I didn't know he lived here. I had a lot of golf with Hoggy. Yeah. Great man. Yeah, he's a good fella. Very funny after dinner. T- oh, well, that's what I'm about to say. Even before dinner. Uh, yeah, and sometimes at lunch. Uh, he is an exceptional uh, sportsman's night yeah. guest. Yeah. Um, and, and if you haven't heard of, heard of Rodney Hogg speak, you will not be disappointed, trust me. Very funny man. He's currently in Queensland, so we'll be speaking to him from Queensland. Is he? Oh, he lives here, though. What's he doing there? Yeah. Following the test series around. Oh, that's right. It's, that's in, it's in Adelaide. Well, we didn't say he was bright. <laughs> we didn't say he was really clever. He's doing some shows up there. No, he's a great man. Oh, he, looking forward to talking to him. 
Uh, big show. So we want your input and we would love uh, to uh, hear from you on the Toolkit Depot open line, 13 12 55, or you can temper text away 0487 736 And we're here for Frank Agostino. Not that he'd be listening right now because oh, he's, he's up at Stingerpool. on holidays. Yeah, WA's Novated Leasing Specialist. Save your thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au. A lot of our, you just said then, we'd love to hear from you. A lot of our listeners wanted to hear from us yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, hopefully you're all back on problems. That happens. Yeah, it does. And, and we're okay. Now, I just want to um, make a, an announcement uh, on the show this morning, which I haven't spoken. Thank you. Uh, yep. It's a big announcement and one that requires. Lois is not wearing the pink jumper. Oh, he's not. Lois. <laughs> Lois, our right hand man. Is it all done out there? Yeah. He does favour. He does tend to favour a. Uh, very hot pink hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> so he wears the pink hoodie. So he wears it. He said this morning in a, a bit of a heated discussion, when I said to him he wears it sort of sort of four out of five days, and he goes, no. And the protest was oh, enormous. Yeah, it was. Well, he, he said. Was very upset. Doesn't, doesn't speak a lot. But oh, when he does, it's worth listening he to. He said, I wear it maximum three. <laughs> and I said, so there's 60% of the time. No. And what did you say? I said, yeah, that sounds about right. No, you did three, not. Well, you say three days out of the five working days, if you gave each day 20%, then that's you know, 60%, obviously. You were so lucky that conversation wasn't on it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because you, you, now listen here. One of your this, brain fart well, moments. Mate, it's a hard one. When you're such a competitive beast, like, like the old zebra doesn't change his stripes, Lois. does he? So it's. Lois. Or leopard doesn't change. Lois. Ah. Turd. The old zebra changing its stripes. Well, listen here. Um, it's, it's hard to... Well, they don't. <laughs> it's true. Hey, listen. Um, go ahead. I'm not sure if this is legal. Oh, it's go. highly illegal. Actually, Lois, I think that lady's got your pink jacket on. She's walking past the outside. <laughs> turn around. Turn around. Not turn around, Scott. I, I can see in the reflection. Look, Scott. Yep. She's got the lady walking the dog. She's got his pink <laughs> jacket leave on. Leave him alone. You're sitting here. Did you steal that, love? Yeah, you're sitting you here. There's it. four bottles of red wine yeah. in front of you. Like, how big, a show, how big a show are you expecting? Christmas. Well, I'll tell you also what happened. <laughs> ah, you want to talk about off-air stuff. I am pissed it's off. Not, I am really angry today. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I know hey, you are. <laughs> you said you got, you stood at your desk there. Clearing up because this is my second last yeah. day. And you said, hey, fellas, uh, been the, you know, been the season for giving and it's Christmas time. Here's a bottle of red uh, that, I've, uh, that I've kept. And um, you had a lovely bottle of Taylor's Promised Land Shiraz there, yep. a little 2007. Stop the guy I am. I don't see yeah. any presents from you. Yeah, when you went to hand a bottle to Chris and he said, that's the bottle I gave you for Christmas last year. <laughs> oh, seriously, you've tried, you, you've ungifted yeah. a gift to the person that gave it to you in the first place. Yeah. I've got no one to give it to. <laughs> well, you don't give it to the bloke who gave it to you. Have you ever re-gifted? No, 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 oh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. But I have, I have forwarded on. I have for, no. <laughs> there's a technicality. I've forwarded on some things that I've been given that, you know, like you might do a promotion or a sponsor thing or something like that, yeah. and I've yeah. handed on those yeah. little gifts. But I've never someone who's given me a birthday present or a Christmas present have I gone. Well, I tell you who. <laughs> I don't like this, but I'll tell you who would. Yeah. Your dad would love this. Yeah. yeah. You, you, 
Oh, you have it. Oh, have yeah. You? Yeah, I'm a re-gifter. I'm a, yeah, 100%. I'm the king. Not, not from, say, some say one of your family give you a present on Christmas Day. 100%. You'll, yeah, because you'll... you get stuff that you don't want, mate, you don't need. Oh, no. And you just give it to someone else. Oh. I, I've got no issues with that. Oh, that's... I think someone's going to get it and benefit, from, derive benefit from it. Like 10 years ago, that would have been, you know, low, but nowadays I think they call it pay it forward. <laughs> My no, mum so is the best. That's a beautiful thing. My mum is the best. She doesn't re-gift. No, but my mum calls it how she sees it. If I walk in with one more gadget yeah. to be put up or hung off the you know, wall or something like that, she goes, don't buy me anything. She goes, I've got enough clutter in here. <laughs> yep. The last thing I need. Yep. She just calls it. And you know what? I saved myself the angst of looking for something. Mm. So I actually don't buy her anything. And she's happy with oh. that. <laughs> Some flowers? Nah, she's not, I don't think she's a flower person. You don't think? <laughs> You're not sure? I like certain flowers. You never deliver no, flowers. No, no, I do deliver flowers, you... but mum's not. But mum's not. My mum is mum, right? My, my mum is class with a capital K, yep. right? Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. So I would say that when mum, if I say to mum, it's your birthday or do you want something? Yes. I just ask her mm. and she'll tell me. She'll go, I'd love a voucher. I'd love a lotto ticket. I would love, um, I need some more knitting needles. I need some petrol for my car that I don't drive. I, she would love whatever. But I'd much rather ask my mum and ask the person I'm buying what do they want rather than try yeah. and shock them with something they yeah, don't yeah. want. Well, my, my pop, uh, may you rest in peace, uh, was a great human being. <laughs> Towards his latter years, all he wanted for Christmas was tin fruit. <laughs> and my mum would go get it and say, that's for Pop. I'm like, I can't give him tin fruit. <laughs> just, it's all he wants. Yeah, I, I can see that. I seriously believe there should be a rule in life that once you hit 80, you can say whatever you want without recourse. Yeah. Anything you want. Yeah. You just say what's on your mind. You've lived long enough. You've done the hard yards and you should be able to say whatever you like. I don't care if it offends people, upsets people, whatever. Because you know, I've seen it before on Christmas Day where... You give a gift to someone and they open it up and they're of the age and they go, what the bloody hell am I going to do with this? I love that. That's fine. I no, love that. No problem with that. I know, because... 80, say whatever you like. Yeah. I... Recourse. A um, great one here from, from John. My uncle had a wedding present and when he opened it, it still had the wedding card in the box from the re-gifter's own wedding. <laughs> 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 so they put out their register. Registrar? Registrar? The wedding register and said, oh, we need this, this, this and this because I've got four weddings coming up and I know they want this, this and this, I reckon. I've so. been to one wedding registry. Mm. No, re- re- yeah, registry, that's gift, it. Gift that's registry. It. Yeah, that's what it's so it is. So it's way back when, when Meyer and Bones and David Jones were huge, right? Oh. right? And we went there and it was for some friends. Actually, you know who I, can I name drop? I'll pick them up. Off. It, was sure. for, for, it was for Pete Matera and Stacey, right? right? Your first wife. And uh, so it was my first wife and I, and we were going through, and the lady has a big list out. She goes, oh, yeah, they want this, and they want that crockery, and when they want this, and they want... And we ruined one of the good stuff, too. It was 35 minutes worth of walking around a shop, and I've got the list, and I've sort of got a price range, and I'm thinking, well, I, know, I like Rue, and we were mates, but I'm not, I'm not going to spend a lot of money on him. You know what I mean? And he would have liked that. <laughs> he does love his money. <laughs> anyway, and then we were working, and then we just suddenly, they wanted... Uh, a vacuum cleaner, like seriously, the top-notch vacuum cleaner. They're expensive vacuum well, cleaners. Well, funny you should say that because my then first wife said, wow, you can't go past a vacuum cleaner. And I said, well, you have for five years. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, uh, you know what happened? <laughs> that was over then. It's not long after that. It was done. Anyway. Oh. Morning, lads. Why do fathers take no. an extra pair no. of socks? No. <laughs> Roy's, uh, Roy's passed on a Friday funny on a Thursday. Guys, stand by. Don't give it the boom tish because I don't think it warrants it. No. Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing in case they get a hole in one? What's wrong with you, Roy? Only quarter past nine in Melbourne. It's too early to be drinking. Uh. <laughs> John also wants to know when the no prize quiz party's on. That's going to be awkward. <laughs> no, we can that. We what? can that. Yeah, we can that. So, uh, well, you know why? Because otherwise it was going to be a prize quiz. Uh, there'd be a prize, which was the party, and it was a no prize quiz. So, yeah, oh, it? man, it's awkward. <laughs> nah, there's nothing going on, mate. No. Nah, oh, guys, is going on holidays, <laughs> and we're, none of us are allowed to talk to each other. For, what about... How long are you going on holidays for? Um, Four well, weeks. We've got some news in regards to coming back um, shortly. Um, no, this could be a great day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you hear Kane Corns on Sports Day in Melbourne last night? No. This is what he said no, about it's... what the Eagle, uh, what one of the clubs, sorry, not one of the Eagles, the former oh, Eagle. No, I saw this. Have you seen this? I saw it on. Have a listen to Kane Corns. I know he ran from Adelaide to Melbourne and what he did was great. He might be still fatigued. He's completely off his nut. <laughs> I've got a task for one coach, and that is to get on the phone and get Josh Kennedy out of retirement. That coach is Ross Lyon and St Kilda need to get Josh Kennedy out of retirement. Kennedy, clearly it's his body and he's spoken about the debilitating knee injury that he's got. But you've, if the call hasn't been made yet, it needs to be made. He kicked 37 goals from 15 games last year. That, that almost puts him kicked second. Kicked last, didn't he? Saying, yeah, he kicked eight in the last. And that's in a side that won two games. Can you imagine if you put him into a, a decent anyway, side? Anyway, wind him up. Yeah, yeah, he just spoke trash. <laughs> what part? I just, I just don't <laughs> know sure what he understands. What part of debilitating doesn't he understand? And what part of? The boat can't walk. What part of? I've been drinking <laughs> beers and making gin every day, <laughs> every day since I finished up, and I finished up for a reason because my yeah. body had had enough. He can't get down his stairs in the morning. I know, Kane. please, Kane, shut up. Just, I won't be able to walk up the, on ramp, up the ramp at Etihad Stadium. I love Kane, but that's Marvel. just poop. Etihad, she's Marvel. That's poop. Um, <laughs> Come on. Great pleasure, Corn. How I, are you? Uh, now, I don't know whether Ray, it's a first-time call, of a text from Ray, but Ray, R-A-E, uh, as in Raylene, I would imagine, says, I agree, at 86, if it's not a Bunnings voucher, I don't need anything. Yeah. <laughs> Spot on, Ray. Bang on the money. Good on you, Ray. I, I yeah, Ray, go in there and get whatever they want. Yeah. Do you like Bunnings? Yeah, sure. Do you like the Tookie Depot? Much more. Same owners, mate. <laughs> you don't need to do It's okay. You can say whatever you like. Much, much more. Yeah. Um, we're here for Fleetwood Network. Do you love them too? Oh, I was trading emails with them during the week. What about Tempo and Bedshed? Oh, Gee, I'd love one of those. <laughs> what a bed. Can't we just sleep in the street? Do you reckon that a, a temple would fix my back? I think the pillows I mean, would. I think the pillow has a lot to do with with backs and hips and stuff like that. Do you? The pillow? Yeah. Are you a two-pillow sleeper? No, it changes. Because, yeah, look, listen. I'd like to know your pillow being, technique. Being a heavy set man, <laughs> sometimes it's better to have a couple of pillows so you... Your, your head's not completely flat and your throat closed over and you snore like a banshee. All right? So sometimes the two pillows sort of 
keeps you up a little bit. That's what I'll tell you right now, Nobsy would love it if that was all that she heard us not Just that little mild one there. You should wear one of those masks. No, I tried it. <laughs> I never do it, never do it again. Well, I tried it at a CPAP machine. Tried it a long, long time ago when I was at my heaviest, Goss, in a bad way. You know, I said, I better have a look at this. Oh, well, you've been heavier. Yeah. <laughs> 20 kilos there. Oh, really? And I had, a, I had a very poor sleep test. Okay. Which suggested that good. I wasn't You can sleep. die from this. Yeah, but, well, yeah, yeah, yeah you I'm can. Being serious. And when the, they say that a, a severe sleep apnea test is 30 moments uh, an hour, which means you stop breathing for more than 10 seconds 30 times. I was 92.6 or something. Oh. So I've tried the CPAP machine, right, and I've put it on for a couple of nights, and, geez, it worked. But I sit, as I lay there, and oh, look, I think Names and I have been married probably five, five years maybe, and I put the CPAP machine on my face. <laughs> I looked at her. She looked at me, and I went, it's either this goes or I never have sex again. It's, it's, it's either one. One of these has to go. Oh, I think funny. I chose the right option. That is funny. Yeah, it's not good. So you've got to do something for your sleep. But I will say this. So, so I'm a, I'm a two-pillower. I'm a two-pillower, but I use the I, – I, I hug the second pillow. I don't. I don't think I ever have it under my head at any stage. What, I have my arm on a little it. Little security blanket. What's, what's where's Bronny? In her room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that. And there is yours. You're a pillow hugger. As opposed to <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, seriously. Anyway, um, just on regards to Kane, please. Please stop telling people yeah. to ring Josh Kenny. It ain't going to happen, mate. Yeah, it's a long way from Gerald to Gerald. He's moving to Gerald. <clears throat> yeah, so it's a long trip, long commute for him. I don't think he's... Gee whiz. He's not going there. No. He's done. He is done. Hey, um... We're going to go to the break. I, I want to mention um, Steve Smith. He's taken over the captaincy for this test match and hear all the action on SEN today. So Steve Smith's taken over because Pat Cummins. Your thoughts, Scott? I'm going to play this. Here's Steve Smith. Something like this happens, um, you know, we've obviously got plans in place for, for certain batters and, and what have you, but um, ultimately it's whatever the, the game entails, um, what needs to be done. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty chilled. I took over for the, the game here last year and um, thought it worked pretty smoothly. So, same again. So that's the, so he's taken over as the captain. So all he's forgiven for Steve Smith. Why? How yeah, come he didn't get a lifetime, Ben? And, um, no, that's a serious question. And... Uh, mate, well, I'm going to read out one paragraph from Dave Warner who put out a statement yesterday. They, and I think he's talking about Cricket Australia, want me to conduct a public, they want to conduct a public spectacle to, in the panel's words, have a cleansing. Mm. I am not prepared for my family to be the washing machine for cricket's dirty laundry. My family is more important to me than cricket. Uh, Dave Warner is one step out the door, I think. I think I think he's basically he's had enough of all of this. He's, he wants an even playing field. And while all this is going on, with Dave Warner and Steve Smith. Steve Smith's back in as captain. Dave Warner has to justify being even considered for a leadership role, which I agree with him. I think that's ludicrous that he he is still punished, yet um, Steve Smith's got the gig. Yeah. And, while, and the man that they've forgotten all about, who's probably been the most harshly treated, is Cameron Bancroft. Cameron Bancroft, for sure. But at the end of the day, this is David Warner's doing. We want to wash our hands of sins. It wasn't Sid Soul doing, mate. There's a few other parties to it. Yeah, there's, but, a few yeah, other blokes, you know there's a few other blokes. But it should be, you're right. The union. The union. Yes. Players Association. No. No. The, the, the Fast Bowlers Cartel. Yep. 
Anyway, I'm not going to say anything because I, no, I don't think we can afford a legal action. <laughs> 23 away from past six. We've got to go, Scott. You know why, Scott? Because we're running tough. out of time. And and and, and Justin... He's got to chase that lady up. and get his jumper back. <laughs> his jumper back from that lady who stole his pink cardi. Now, he said that this is arguably the best that he's put together on this day for December 8th. This is Scotty Wow. I'm the candy man. Sammy Davis Jr., December 8th. You've started on this day. Uh, yeah, but we're going to uh, go to the news because... Oh, you want to give it the time it deserves. Yeah, I don't want to cut off for the news. Oh, people's favourite segment. Sammy Davis Jr. was born on this day in 1925. He died at age 64. I thought he was about 90. He was only 64. <laughs> yeah. He, he was a regular at Telethon. Big, wasn't he? Hey, hey, sad day. I think he was on there all the time as well. He yeah. was great, Sammy Davis Jr. He was the other guy. Ricky. Ricky May. Yeah. Somehow I always yeah. put those two together. And and Dr. Christian Barnard and Chantel Contouri. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to crowbar there into a form? Because Ricky May yeah. and, and Sammy Davis Jr. were on telethon a lot, and so was this. Christian Barnard was a heart surgeon. Chantel Contouri was just like an actor stroke entertainer, and they used to think of... Goodness gracious, how audacious, goodness gracious me. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that I mentioned I mentioned Ricky May, one of the great entertainers, great man, and you went boom bidi boom bidi boom on me. Come on. So what are we doing? Who can take the rainbow? Oh, Wrap it in a it's on this day. I'm out. It's <laughs> to come. Try the best ever McCafe coffee roasted in Melbourne. Oh, yeah, Melbourne. Nah, 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 nah. Smooth and rich McCafe coffee fit for an Aussie. Can. The candy man can because he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Studio. Thanks to the wonderful team at Fleet Network. And you can get in touch with them, fleetnetwork.com.au. Your texts and your calls are enormous today. And thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa reckons Dave Warner should uh, call it quits. And if he really wants to, uh, had enough. And he's feeling like his family's more important. Then maybe he should stay home with his family. Time to do this. Update time. Thanks to the team at Kraken. That's K-R-A-K-E-N, your secure crypto partner, kraken.com, or download the app. Our man is in the studio, and he is Chris Clavunas, and he is the producer to the star and Scott Cummins. Good morning, everybody. Now, no games last night, of course. Okay, that's the end of that. Thanks Car- for Kraken. Right, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming in. That's the best sports update okay, we've ever keep had. Keep this short because on this day is right on the heel. You're right. But uh, Eden Hazard has announced he's retiring from international football, the Belgian superstar. 
He's a champion of the game. Pardon me, what was that? <laughs> your reaction, your facial reaction because there. Because Eden Hazard could walk into this studio now, mate, and no one would know who he is. So be, how does he get into sports? That would be one of the biggest gets. You'd know him, would you? Nah, but that doesn't say anything. Nah, what we'd do is we'd, we'd, we'd put a sharing in his hand I'd take a photo. <laughs> This is a burly we've got in the in the studio, the McDonald's burly. Thank you very much, Scotty. Uh, so Aiden Hazard, he's retiring from international football. Um, <laughs> by that much. Elsewhere, police have arrested two men as their investigation into the break-in of Raheem Sterling continues. So he, there's no timeline in his return, but now that they've arrested a couple of blokes, he could return potentially for the game against France. So watch this You know space. Zoe Cheese House got broken into from um, Melbourne Phoenix, the, the, yes. the giant import from China? Yeah. And his house got broken into it, and he wasn't – the team was in New Zealand, and they th- – and they, uh, the bandits thought that he was in New Zealand too, but he wasn't. Wasn't there, no. He wasn't in New Zealand. He was just down the shop and came back and they'd taken everything. Oh, I know. no answers. Has that happened to my house? My house, is all, my house is always open. We don't close our doors. <laughs> <laughs> just putting that out there on yeah. radio. If anyone knew where you lived. Uh, well, they do. Your target. They do. But, we, got hey, rolled, we got rolled once. Yeah. Having your seat. Worst have, feeling. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Have you not seen the four war. German shepherds and the two, two security guards? That's why we sleep with the doors. Uh, that's true. Um... Sam Stozer as well. Uh, I don't know if you heard this she in the news. Robbed? Uh, no. <laughs> she hasn't retired again. No, she's playing. She's co-captaining for Australia alongside Leighton Hewitt in the United Cup. He rolled in the first round, did she? No. Well, does it hasn't started yet, oh, right. big fella. The United Cup. She's not playing. She's captain. She's been named playing co-captain for Australia Ooh. alongside <laughs> Leighton Hewitt. Yeah. So Leighton Hewitt's playing too. That's what the report is saying. Oh, get off the grass, mate. I'm going to call captains. Means captains means doesn't mean they're playing. It yeah. says literally has been named playing co-captain. I'm putting a call into Brett Patton right now. Yeah, that's don't seem right. Jamie Cripps won the uh, time trial for the West Coast Eagles. Greg Clark came second. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Jai Cully third. Who cares? Yeah. No, exactly. No, it's good to know where they're at. Jamie Cripps. That's a good. Yeah. It's great that they're going to rebuild on youth and, uh, <laughs> and their, youth, their young guys are flying. And not reported there in the sports update, thanks to the wonderful friends at Kraken. Safe, safely buy, sell and trade over 185 cryptocurrencies with Aussie dollars. Kraken.com. Is it Josh Kennedy finished fourth? All righty, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> on this day, wow. Birthdays, events, and some of the great moments in history. It's On This Day. Yep, and everyone has been texting saying, what happened to On This Day? You only played one Sammy Davis Jr. I do apologise. We were running late. It's a week before um, payday, which is great. It's the 8th day of September. You add seven days, that's the 15th. No worries, boys. We're on air, mate. No worries. Riley Morgan's just walking in. We're on air, mate. Oh, there you go, fellas. <laughs> Riles, come and sit down and listen On This Day, Put mate. Put your headphones on. Your favourite segment. Sit down, and, uh, sit down. Just remember, put, come and sit down, mate. There we go. Say good morning to everyone, if so you like. Yeah, if you just morning. want to run. We've had a couple of days worth of people just running their own show on our show, haven't they? Like headphones just on, there he goes. Changing the rundown on us. There he comes. Say good morning. Good there morning. we go. Good, good morning, morning, boys. <laughs> Catch you off guard walking in the studio, did it? Oh, well, you <laughs> know, I was, break, under, I was under the impression you guys were on a break, so yeah. Yeah. that's all right. Generally comes in after on this day. Yeah. Well, Bad on luck, the- you fell off to sit through it, so do you. Big morning, Goss. <laughs> Four bottles of red, yeah. And gifting Christmas. Yeah, it's my second last show. Pick which one you want, mate. Yeah. You're going to give you one. Come on, on this day. Sammy Davis Jr. born on oh, this no. day, 1925. What are you saying? Candyman. Who 
Great legend, Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, four foot two, wasn't he? Tiny little man. He used to have um, a di- lots of diamonds yeah. and teeth. Rings. Okay. I tell you what, if, if I'd met him, I would put him... I reckon he'd go firmly in my list of blokes under five foot eight that I trust. Yeah. He'd make about six. So James Galway is 83 today. He's a flautist. He's a... <laughs> I'm, no, I'm going to be positive. He's known as the man Sir with the James, fair income. Just, well, just to throw this over the top of some wren noises and we're away. I tell you. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Put them together. Listen to that. Uh, show me a woodpecker or two? No, 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 no. Don't ruin it with a woodpecker. <laughs> Yeah, I hope this gets better from now. <laughs> it doesn't ever. Yeah, mate, this is this is the segment that people clamour to. Yeah, who, who, who else you got? I'm on. I'm on board. Just want a bit more of St James Galway. I think he does this on purpose. Uh, mate, absolutely. It's like it's like his Twitter action. He just fishes. Jim Sport. Morrison was born on this day oh, in okay. Melbourne. Here we go. What? 1943. The lead vocalist for the Doors. Yeah. Melbourne, Florida. Riders on the storm There's a killer on the road His brain is squirming He was only 27 when they found him dead Another in the one. Another one at 27. Yeah. A lot of them. Incredible. He was born in Melbourne, Florida. Yeah. Right, gotcha. yeah. And he was in the band called The Doors. Bertie Higgins, otherwise known as Albert J. Higgins, is 78 today, had this absolute yeah. classic in 1982. What was it? Two. Uh, I've heard of a horse called Key Lager. <laughs> Your dad would know this. Rocky would know this. Nah, it's a good song, this. No, this was about Humphrey Bogart. Because that was the movie Humphrey Bogart was in for you. Brilliant song. Well done, Bertie. Yeah. Go the Beatle. Who else you got? I've uh, got George Baker. Who's that? We're a little green back. George Baker was born in the Netherlands. He's 78. He was the lead singer with the Dutch band called the George Baker Selection. So his name is George Baker, so they named the band. <laughs> he selected a couple of people to play with him. <laughs> Happy days. Also celebrating a birthday today is Greg. Oh, he's not celebrating a birthday because he died five years ago, but his name is Greg. Oh, yeah. The Allman Brothers Band. He's squirming in his chair. He's celebrating it somewhere. Married seven times. Really? Yeah. He only lived till he's 69. Yeah, seven a, times. That's a challenge for you. Don't <laughs> no, no worry, I'm almost there. I'm over halfway. His third wife was Cher. Was it? Yeah. Hello, hello. They got you off in a bit. They had a child called Elijah Blue, who just got drafted by the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Hey, going? Who else? Um, Kim Basinger. I know you. You're Kim Basinger. It's Basinger. Oh, my God. I'm such a huge, huge fan of yours, Miss Basinger. Thanks. Um... <laughs> That's from The Simpsons, guys. Yeah, very Did you true. watch that episode? Yeah. <laughs> you, you've watched, have you ever watched a full episode of The Simpsons Rock? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Rock looking at his old man. Absolutely. You're a Simpsons fan? Most no, I'm not have. a huge fan, but no. I've definitely watched the whole episode. Before. Yeah, most people have. Wow. He hasn't. 
Terry Hatcher's 58 oh. today. And by the way, they're real oh. and they're spectacular. Uh, <laughs> one of the iconic lines from yeah. Seinfeld. Terry Hatcher, of course, she was in a lot of uh, shows called Honest Desperate Day. Housewives, Lois and Clark, yeah. James Blundell is 58, Aussie country singer. Sinead O'Connor's 56 today. is 38 today. In the air. Can Tim Payne get it? He's under it and gone, got it. John Lennon died on this day, shot dead. Imagine all the In 1980. For today. Yeah. Seven times he got shot. Seven times. Yeah, I don't want to ruin you know the song, but... You know who shot him? The, the, the person he didn't give an autograph to earlier in the day? Yeah. See? There's a lesson for all youngsters out there. And we leave you with it on this day in 2016. Um, look, a lot of famous sports presenters have ended up their careers abruptly when they were didn't see it coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That can happen. <laughs> made you laugh. I made Riley laugh. Mark that down in the day in history on this day, December 8th. But Ken Sutcliffe decided that enough was enough after about 50 years in 2016. After 50 years of broadcasting and 37 years of the Nine Network, I have decided to retire. Now, I've been thinking about it for some time and believe this is the perfect moment to move on from a job I've loved so much. I can't wait to spend more time with my grandchildren, play a bit of sport rather than watch it, and travel with my wife, Anne. There you are, Pete. Good on you. Thank you, Thank Peter. You, Appreciate Kenny. it. It always gets me, you know, when people retire or something like that. Well, they say they retire, but then they're in, in a farewell show or something, they're blubbering in tears. Yeah. Well, if you didn't want to leave, and it was your decision, just don't leave. Yeah, but there's reasons why people leave, mate. Yeah, because they're told to. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, now, just, uh, Goss, please no more. Love this show, but this is torture. <laughs> Bring on the horses. Yes, we've got those on the way. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and um, uh, Roy says, I'm going to boycott the show if I hear boom, booty, boom again this week. I'm going out of my mind. It's stuck in my head all week. Boom, and... boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, boom. See you, Roy. <laughs> it's 16 away from 7. Riley Morgan next. We're going to get our teeth into the gallops on Saturday. Favourite Thursday segment. I just saw Monica Cost walking past. I've never hello. seen you move quicker either. Yeah, she's the best person I've ever worked you, with in TV. Stay in there and have a chat with her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right above this. Is Riley Morgan joins yeah. us. Well, he joined us a while ago and had yeah. to sit through on this day. How are you feeling, mate? You okay? Yeah, no, feeling good. A trauma? A bit of a. Early, what do you think of on this day? Uh, early entry? What do you think of on this day? Oh, it's my favourite segment every <laughs> single Thursday. So this might be yours, Scotty, Worst but on this day is definitely mine. Uh, now you are ours, mate. How did you go last weekend? Uh, we didn't really go last weekend. No, your best bet got scratched. Yeah, we uh, didn't actually get out of the barriers. So sore hoof. Yeah, sore hoof. Sentimental queen. Probably, probably best to uh, to not run them when they, when they have a sore hoof. You're in quite a few uh, hoof abscesses. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I got night. the double whammy. Like, I got the double whammy last weekend. I woke up Saturday morning and best bet scratched and one a horse I have a ownership in was racing yeah, on Saturday that. and also yeah. had a wolf abscess scratch. So, so bang, bang. What's a wolf it, abscess? It, just, it sounds like a blister to me and it sounds pretty soft that they're not running. Uh, it's, you know, a bit of a tender... Tender foot, stand on a nail or something like that. Is that Miss Fasari? Was that your horse? Yes, correct. Well, it is Gold Rush Day uh, at Ascot on Saturday. A 10-race program. First goes 11.48. Early start. Whoa, early openers. (sighs) Yep. And the last goes at 5.33. Where is your best bet or best bets this weekend? Well, we got a couple because we didn't get one last week, so we may as well. uh, We've got to give the people what they want, and they're they're a bit deprived of best bets. So we'll kick off in race six, uh, horse number seven, hardly ever for the Simon Miller camp. He's uh, flying again, had another winner yesterday at the midweeks, but this horse, she's second up here out to a a far more suitable 1,200 metres off a really good first up run over the the 1,000. I thought she was really good in what I think is going to prove to be a really strong form race. Behind a bit of merit, she was just drawn a little bit awkward there and and raced a bit keen once she became that sort of meat in the sandwich. She never really got a lot of galloping room, but once she did get out, she she really extended nicely late. And think from the draw here, she can land close enough to one out, one back, getting a nice trail on the back of a horse like Real Danger, who will certainly take her right into the race. And she was a, a dominant winner at 1,200 metres second up last preparation. So I think she should be going very close. And I think the price currently is a, a nice price to find out. Race six, number seven, hardly ever. What's the second one? We go to the next race. Second best bet. Go to the next race. And now this is a horse I have a big opinion of. I, I wanted to take him, take her on, I should say, on railway day, but race seven, horse number three, Al Safina. Now, I took her on on railway stakes day off seven weeks between runs, carrying the 59 kilos, but she was just far too good for them. And the way she was able to put that field away late was really impressive, and that form has more than been franked. We saw Trade War come out and win last week. Real Danger has subsequently run very well and not seen Secret and Special View were both very unlucky in their efforts last weekend as well. So it was a really good win. I know the stable have big ambitions for her moving forward, and she's already proven at the mile and a winner at the mile in this grade during the, the Belmont winter. So Willie Pike looks for a nice midfield run with cover here and thinks she should be blasting through these onto bigger and better things. I think race seven, number three, El Safina. Right, so the two best bets so far, race six, number seven, hardly ever, and race seven, number three, El Safina. Best each way for the day. Best each way. Uh, we go to race five. Now, I think with even luck, the favourite here looks hard to beat Capital Flight, but I think if Luke Campbell can't hold out critical altitude from crossing it, it could get a little bit sticky from that sort of uh, leader's back position. So I'm going to side up with horse number nine here, Swim Through, who I thought was another huge run in that same form reference behind Bit of Merit. This horse went right back, got drew, drew really wide on the day. Willie Pike took him to the fence but once he got room, he only got room sort of passing the 150. He's reeled off the best late splits of the entire meeting. He's run a sub 11 second last 200 metre sectional. That's absolutely flying and I just think he's a very underrated three year old. He's run some very good races in his preparation to date so he draws far better in barrier six here and doesn't have bad gate speed at all so he should be able to hold up much closer here as well and I think if, if Willie Pike can find it back to to follow into the race with an even track. He's going to be very hard to hold out late if the favourite encounters any trouble with the apprentice in the saddle. So Good name, that. I'll go. Good name. You just get the feeling uh, that Swim Through, the owners of Swim Through, will absolutely do that if it gets up. Absolutely. Race yeah. five, number nine, Swim Through. Best roughy, best long shot, best odds. We'll go to the West Speed Platinum races. They're always good to throw up one at odds. Uh, race three, horse number six, first up here, Safety Bay for, for Fred Kersley. Now, this horse hasn't had a trial, but has a really solid fresh 
fresh record and, and is a winner in this grade with the way she carries here. And I just think she brings a bit of point of difference to a race where the vast majority of them come through that same sort of form reference and have been racing against each other for some time. And I think even though drawn a little sticky on paper, there's plenty of speed here. I can see Taj getting across and landing in a really nice position from that gate. And he was a big run last prep, uh, first up at 1,000 metres without a trial. But I think the 1,200 metres is a better kickoff point here. So that's the way we'll start up for a long shot. I think you can still get around $12. Ooh. I like it. I like it. All right, let's go through those again. Best bets, race six, number seven, hardly ever, and race seven, number three, Elsafina, is Morgs' two best for Saturday. Best each way is race five, number nine, Swim Through, and best Ruffy, race three, number six, Safety Bay. And one text through, wants to know, is Art of Sabrage, a horse that won yesterday, is it going to be a really good horse? Looks to be. That was a really impressive win yesterday, and they were very confident uh, heading in, I believe, as well. They have a winner at Geraldton today, or Albany? No, I don't, don't, didn't, haven't done the Geraldton form. I was okay. too busy yesterday trying to knuckle, knuckle down on Saturday with the prices going out at 6.30pm with Tab Touch yeah, on Wednesday night. Yeah. So for the pinnacles, that's what they've been doing. So having to get the form done to see if there's any uh, early overs. Yep. It's a little bit of a, takes a bit of time on the Wednesdays now. Riley Morgan. Have you started pre-season yet? We have. Went back. Hey, uh, uh, yeah, good. Did you come back in good condition? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. Ticking along. That's what pre-season's for, was to get rid of the conditioning yeah, you put on. Legs, <laughs> legs are already starting to feel a little bit. Really? Just that change of direction once you go back and you haven't done it for a little while. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks to Ted, Morgan, Ryan luck. Morgan, and we'll put those. We'll, uh, uh, we'll put those up on socials uh, quickly before we get away to a, a break. Sam Stoza is only playing doubles. Hewitt is not playing. Really? Uh, both are co-captains together in the cup. Yeah. In the United you know Cup. United Yep. A break. Come back. After 7 o'clock, Cooper Conley's going to join us. And a feature interview. We are going to talk to Jeremy Loliga, who is the NBL commissioner, and we're going to cover everything. And we are going straight for the jugular, Wildcats fans. Straight for the jugular about the fixturing of Perth Wildcats games. And I want answers. This is Scotty Ingalls. The test match starts in Adelaide, and you'll hear it all on SEN Cricket to be led by Steve Smith. It's the second test against the West Indies, but the first test was played here at Optus Stadium. It was a big day for a young West Australian by the name of Cooper Conley. We're going to have a quick chat, really just about... We know a bit about Cooper. We know that he's one of the young stars of WA Cricket and about to embark on the Scorchers season, of course, in the BBL. But on the weekend, on Saturday, he was playing great cricket for Scarborough, and then it all got turned around. Cooper joins us on the show. Coops, appreciate your time. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, we are really well, mate. Tim Gossage and Scotty Cummings with you. Tell us what happened just in a nutshell on Saturday when you're playing for Scarborough in the grey cricket. So, yeah, we were down at the mighty Abbott Park, home of cricket. And, um, <laughs> yeah, about an hour and 15 minutes into the game, coach walks out, says to the umpire, like, oh, I'm just going to have a chat to you guys. And then had a chat. And then one of the umpires said to me, um, sea coops and I was like oh, are you going and he was like no nah, you're going to help out the Aussies like field swim and run drinks and I was kind of just like for five seconds ten seconds I was like is this actually happening I'm, go- I'm going down to there to field and run drinks but yeah it was pretty unreal feeling to know that I was going to go be around some top players so you got called up to be sort of the extra man that had a number of injury concerns so you, you get in the car you go from Abbott Park in Scarborough to drive here to Optus Stadium I'd love to know what that drive was like and how who who, who did you speak to what were you expecting yeah, how did you get in um, I spoke to I spoke to dad and dad was just sort of saying um, just enjoy it have fun and then from there on I had music music up sort of just I don't know I guess trying to be in the moment just yeah, soak it all in. 
So what was it like, mate, when you when you drove in? Uh, were they waiting for you, expecting you? Did you uh, did you go? Hey, I've come here to field for Australia, yeah, and the and bloke the, on security yeah, said, "Mate, yeah, good please, on you, good, good on, on you, Nakers. Try on another one." <laughs> um, no, I, I wish it was like that, but they sort of just stopped me and said, "Are you, are you here for what are you here for?" And I said, "I'm here to like subfield and run drinks for the Aussies." And they said, "Oh, is your name Cooper? Because we got a pass for you here." So and then just went straight in. Really, kit it up. Really, and so how long between getting here and then getting out on the field? Um, I'd say so. I did. I did two overs, and I reckon it was about an hour the first first wait, and then between overs was probably another hour. Jeez, well, I'll tell you what, they had an impact. Came in straight away, saved one on the ropes, and uh, with a, a a diving save, I think there was a tumble in there too. Got a rousing repl- uh, applause from the crowd. Yeah, just just a little bit of mayo on it, but it was, um, <laughs> mate, it was a, it was a match saving. It was uh, Australia wouldn't have won the Test match yeah. had you not done that, yeah. Coops. Hey, uh, Coops, can I ask you where have you kept your baggy green since you've got your baggy green cap and your Australian shirt and your Australian pants and your Australian kids and your Australian tracksuit? Yeah, tell, tell tell us it wasn't a loan and you had to give it back. Yeah, unfortunately, it was a loan, no. so we just got to keep training kit, but that's that's locked away nice and safely. <laughs> Wow. Um, who actually asked for you, specifically? Um, so Dave Fitzgerald spoke to our head coach at Scarborough, H.D. Ackerman, and then, yeah, from there, ended up at Optus Stadium. But they could have picked anyone. They could have picked anyone, mate. I think I think it was partially because we were fielding and they were just seeing who was available to do it yeah, during well. grade cricket, so... I got the. I was the lucky. Well done, mate. It is brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. Nah, you're well deserved, and something you will uh, take to. uh, Of course, when you do play for Australia, say, remember me. I uh, I was uh, that boy at at Optus (laughs) Stadium. Uh, Just now, you're about to embark on the scorches. We go into scorches mode, big bash mode. You excited about the prospect of getting some field time and having an impact this year? Yeah, so excited. Sort of last year, I was sort of away and not around too much. But yeah, I'm pretty keen just to be around the guys a lot this year and just learn as much as I can. Have you had any indication that you'll get a, a real good go at it? There's a few injuries around. Um, what's been the, the word to you? No, no indication yet. So hopefully maybe in the next next week or so I'll find out some more stuff. But, yeah, no indication at the moment. Oh, surely you walk in and say, hey, mate, <laughs> I played for Australia last weekend. <laughs> uh, how, can I, how can I not get a gig here, please? <laughs> yeah. No, nah, pro- probably not. That's not me, but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, mate, well done. First of all, Jill yeah, and Shark, just wanted to touch base with you. You're a very grounded young man. You come with um, uh, a wonderful support network. I know there's a couple of – there's a mate of mine I used to work with at Channel 10 who said, you've got to know this Cooper Connolly bloke. His name's Rod Curiata. He's the head of cameraman at Channel 10. He goes, this Cooper Connolly, this Cooper – you've got it. this Cooper Connolly. And now yeah, he was right. Him. Keep mate, it on him. It's going right. to be hard to go back to Scarborough, though, to yeah, be honest exactly. with you. exactly. I mean, when you can walk in there with a, with a big head and say, you fellas are very lucky to have me today. You're lucky the test is in that late. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Well done. Congratulations. Well done, Thank Coops. Thanks for having me. Good on you. Good fellow. Cooper Conley. Oh, what a course. moment, too. Yeah. Right? It was fantastic. Huge moment. Brilliant. Huge and moment. You know what? And got out there and did, his, did what he had to do. Yep. Off he goes. Did you ever play for Australia? No, no. Okay. Good on you. You? <laughs> yes. Well, rubbish. Yeah, I have. And what? <laughs> I'll tell you in the break. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're good at it doesn't mean you should represent your country. <laughs> 
basketball now with one of the most, uh, well, I think one of the unsung heroes of sport in Australia yeah. over the last couple of years. Good and, of course, on the back of Larry Kesselman's ownership, which reached 1,000 games at the weekend, the man who gets his hands dirty is Jeremy Loliga, the NBL commissioner, and he's been kind enough to join us to cover off on a number of subjects. Uh, Jeremy, appreciate your time. First things first, Larry Kesselman's influence on the league has been quite remarkable. Yeah, no, it has. I mean, um, I think it was 1 July 2015 that we sort of officially took over the reins and um, the, the mantra back then was this thing needed oxygen to catch fire and, and he provided that oxygen. Um, he recapitalised the league and, and gave it the opportunity to actually be sustainable and grow once again. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, a wild journey over the last seven years and um, I think the, the league and the sport's indebted to him. Yeah, very much so, and yourself and others. But when you when you walked in and you just looked down and go, okay, it's been purchased, now we've got to sort of work out how we can give it, as you mentioned, oxygen. Did you feel like it was going to be a, a tough grind, it was going to be a long haul? Because it's got there, to be brutally honest, pretty quickly. It's got mm. It's got some real legs and real life in it. Yeah, this is about the time frame that we had envisaged for it to be sustainable and you know profitable and and have its head above water. So, um, look, we, we certainly had some ups and downs along the way. COVID was a very big challenge and probably slowed things down a little bit. But um, we had pretty clear expectations in the first year to three years of what needed fixing. Um, and the, the more recent years are actually more challenging, despite the fact that we've been far more successful and we've we've got it to a point where it is sustainable. Um, deciding what to do next has been more challenging than those first few years when it was very obvious what needed doing. <laughs> I, I, I agree completely with Goss here, Jeremy. The work you've done and, and LK has been just sublime, and it happened really quickly. I think the NBL went from one level to the next so so darn quickly and you said that COVID was a challenge I think the last two years here have been a challenge for Wildcats fans haven't they guys last year and this year have been our biggest I'd challenge I'd be careful what you say mate with the owner listening probably <laughs> probably they've been a challenge but we're going to get there <laughs> are, you, are you really pleased with the the state that the competition's in at the moment like this season is this season could be absolutely anybody's it's so close it's it's so bizarre are you really happy with where yeah. it's placed right now Absolutely. I mean, the, the competitiveness of the league, well, even over the last seven years, I think we've had five of the six most competitive years in the 43-year history of the league. And, and that was a very express and intentional move. So we, we changed the salary and contracting rules and the player evaluation system fairly early on in this journey to ensure that teams were consistently competitive across the board. And, and that's certainly reflected in the outcomes. Um, I think one of the great things about this particular season is we're up around 50% or maybe slightly above 50% of the away team winning, yeah. um, which is which is pretty unheard of, not just in basketball, not just in NBL, but in any sport, uh, which, which is a really interesting fact and one that we'll do a little bit of analysis on at the end of the season. But to, to your point, Scotty, I mean, you can turn up to any game at this season 
and you could flip a coin as to the result, which is really entertaining for fans. Uh, you start to see patterns develop, and the, the cream is rising to the top as you get further on in the season, but it, it makes a really compelling viewing. Yeah, speaking of games, don't forget you can watch the NBL doubleheader this afternoon on ESPN and KO New Zealand, who have just been a remarkable story. And you talk about COVID and what they did uh, to yeah. keep the competition running in regards to equal teams. Uh, they hurting take, too, Goss. Yeah, very much hurting. so. Yeah, they would be. They're uh, smarting after their loss. They battle Sydney at 2.30 uh, before the Phoenix and the Hawks play at 4.30. They are WA times. Just on a couple of other issues, uh, the, the sale of, of the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, Larry Kesselman has made it quite clear that you know they're up for sale and that they want to find an owner. 30% has to be retained in a, by Australian ownership and the speculation over the last two days has been that maybe, and I don't know whether this is absolute pie-in-the-sky stuff, that, that Shaquille O'Neal could be one who comes in and takes a share oh. of that. He's got connections with Larry through Reebok and the like um, and we know that he's got a connection here to Australia. Is that genuinely on the table or, or is that just someone uh, throwing a dart at the board in regards to Shaquille O'Neal and some ownership? Oh, look, I think there were discussions even when even when Shaq was here in Australia. Um, his first couple of days, he was sort of feeling out the environment. And I think on day three or four, he said himself, might have to look at investing in a team down here. So, um, look, that would be a fantastic outcome if it would have happened. We've already got, I think, 15 current and former NBA players who are investors in, in the 10 teams around the league. And they certainly had a huge amount of connectedness but in terms of their networks back in the US and that helps from a recruitment point of view, it helps from a fundraising point of view um, but it also just helps from a, a profiling and, and brand awareness point of view both here in Australia but really importantly you know we've made no secret of the fact that we think our competitive difference to, to our major rivals here in Australia is that we're globally relevant and it continues to add to that relevance particularly back in the US. Yeah I'm running with that's a yes Goss. Shaquille O'Neal mm. you know, owner of somewhere. That'd be Jeremy's enormous wouldn't it? Very smart player. But Jerry knowing uh, you and, and Larry how you operate you, you don't sit on your hands there's always something else to be done and there's always talk about expansion teams. Darwin's been mentioned they've been floating expansion teams here in Perth and we're all very divided on that one. Actually we're not divided. We don't want one. <laughs> Where are you at with expansion teams, mate? Yeah, I think there's there's been a huge amount of conversation in the last six months just on the back of the growth that we're experiencing. And I don't think there's any secret being made of the fact that there have been discussions held with Gold Coast, Canberra, Darwin. Um, we know, as you said, Western Australia is making a very active play for an NRL licence and um, that strategy would seemingly apply to other sports as well. So there's plenty of conversations being had. Those are the ones that are out in the public, but I can say there's at least that many that are being had um, with, with other parties who have chosen not to make their interest public at this point. Um, so the, the, I think the the temptation is to jump and do something reactive, and that's probably what we pride ourselves on not doing. We will do our due diligence and we'll take our time and we'll decide where the next most sensible market or markets are. Um, we'll decide on, on who or what the right ownership structure might be. And really importantly, it has to be where the fan interest is and where the infrastructure is to be able to give them the experience that we want our fans to have. Jeremy Lowliga is our guest NBL commissioner. We're just uh, ticking off on a number of issues that cover off basketball in this country, and basketball is flying. I've got one on regards to social media for you in a moment, uh, Jeremy. But I want to ask you about, you talk about expansion teams. The Tasmania team is just quite remarkable what they've done to make the, the grand final in the la, in the First year, again, the crowds are massive. They've still got an impact. They're still winning at the moment. They've turned over a couple of players, but it doesn't seem to have affected. Scott Roth is a great 
figurehead. Has that exceeded expectations? I know you're probably going to do, oh, we did our due diligence and we thought this could work and stuff. But this is just, this is next level. What they've done down there, one success on and off the court is next level. This is one of the great sporting stories, not just basketball. Yeah, it has exceeded expectations. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I think we had we had high expectations in terms of the off-court. We knew that it would sell very well. Um, we were hands-on in terms of the redevelopment of the venue, so we knew it was going to be a great experience. We knew it was going to look good on TV. We knew that government and, and local corporates were going to back the thing. So off-court, we were fairly confident. What Scott Roth has been able to do with that roster on court, though, is just exceptional. The culture that they've created there—it's a, a you know a working-class team in the sense that there's there's no ego, um, there's no I. It's all about how the team delivers results collectively, and you know a lot of people talk about that, but they've really lived it now for a season and a half, and the results are there for everyone to see. So. Hats off to Scott um, and uh, his team there because they've put together a pretty incredible roster that many on paper would say shouldn't be winning this many games. An innovative and NBL go in the same sentence. There's no doubt about that. NBL Christmas time, Christmas Day game. I love it. I absolutely love it. Sydney Kings v Melbourne United. I think it's just a, a, a great initiative. It's, it's such an open day. For... I'd be love to have been in a room, though. I would love to. And So this game, this game is going to be in Sydney. Yeah. I would love to have been in the room with the Melbourne United players when they were told they were playing on Christmas Day. I'd be interested to know. <laughs> I'd be interested to know what the reaction was. Jeremy? <laughs> Yeah, look, it's, it's it's going to be a very interesting litmus test. I'm hugely excited about it. The, as you said, Scott, you're all for it. Um, there, there are some who aren't, and that's perfectly understandable, and that's the great thing about Australia, right, is that we all, we all have our choices and our options, and that's all we're looking to do is provide people with an option for something to do on Christmas evening. Now, there's a lot of people here in Australia who don't celebrate Christmas, and there's a lot of people here who probably do celebrate Christmas but don't necessarily have loved ones around them to be able to share it with. For them, we're giving them an option of something to do other than watch reruns of the Griswolds. Um, for those who are spending the time with family, and, and I, I include myself as one of them, um, I, I absolutely endorse the fact that people who have the, the opportunity to spend the time with family should be doing so. And if they're in Sydney, we'd love them to spend that time with family at Udos Bank Arena. But otherwise, nestled around the couch on a, on a Christmas evening full of uh, Christmas pudding uh, and turkey, watching a live basketball game seems like a, a wonderfully social and family thing to do. Um, so for, for mine, it ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of people, but I know it won't be for everyone, and that's, that's fine. All right, we'll find don't out on it, Christmas Day. Don't, don't watch it. It's pretty simple. A couple of people have touched, uh, come up to me at the Wildcats games and are annoyed at the constant Thursday night fixturing and the midweek fixturing at Perth. There's a Monday game mm. coming up and Thursday nights, and uh, crowds have been 10,000, 9,800. The West Australian newspaper have certainly been keeping an eye on how many people come in through the gates. <laughs> and Goss has got to get up real early, Jeremy, too. So after a night game, during the week, he gets real cranky. I've got to come back day. here. I've got to deal with him at five in the morning. <laughs> and if they lose, it's even harder. The public service announcement is that we, <laughs> no, yeah, we, we, we need to make sure that Goss gets a good night. <laughs> yeah. Early tip off, 4 but, p.m. But can you can you explain to me and Wildcat, to Wildcats fans why why are there Thursday and yeah. Thursday night games in Perth? I, I can, um, and and it's not necessarily a Perth issue. Um, it's and and there are a lot of other teams that have. Similarly challenging schedules. Um, it's because of a lack of venue availability all around the country. 
uh, we're, we're not the highest yielding event that these multi-purpose venues put on by any stretch of the imagination. And so we have to play with the venue availability that we're dealt and we have to fit a huge number of games into a relatively short season. Um, so, so take, for example, two teams in Melbourne that have to play, I think, 95% of their home games before Christmas Eve, uh, at which time that precinct gets handed over to the Australian Open yeah. from Christmas Eve all the way through until February. Um, so uh, that, that looks like a fantastic schedule. You get so many of your home games up front. It means you get no home games in the back end of the season mm-hmm. leading into the finals and you play on whatever dates are available. Now, the knock-on effects of those sorts of things, and it's not just the Melbourne venue, it's venues all around the country, the knock-on effects are that you just have very little choice and, and we try and squeeze things in where we can. That has to change in the fullness of time. There have to be dedicated basketball venues around this country um, in order to give fans the kind of experience that they want to be able to see, go and see more games in times and dates that are convenient for them. And we're certainly advocating very hard for that. Yeah, well, let's hope uh, the Wildcats get the smooth end of the pineapple eventually because they're, they're oh, not, they the Wildcats are not yeah. Do you not like us as well, Jeremy? Like, <laughs> no one else does. <laughs> we're, we're huge fans of the yeah. first Wildcats. In fact, in my, in my time uh, in this role, I think I've certainly handed over the trophy there at R. I see arena more than anywhere else, and um, uh, it's always a, a fantastic experience. Yeah, we carried the league for long enough. It's about time, it's about time someone else did it. You knew you were going to wear a couple of those. Yeah. And, 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 and last yeah, one, last, last one from me uh, before we wrap up. We appreciate your time, Larry. Larry Kesselman, the influence is enormous. But yep. even Larry and yourself, Jeremy, and everyone else, you talk about fans and fans' experience. You've had a couple of incidents now. And I don't want to put to put any more mayonnaise on these, but there was the one in Tassie where the guy got thrown out and lost his mm. membership for three the clapper down. There was two clappers thrown down at uh, the huddle, and then uh, the the show at uh, the uh, Melbourne the showdown between um, United and Phoenix. There was some crowd misbehaviour, and kids got upset, and the venue had to throw them out. Um, are, you, are you? It's all right to get involved, and we're all happy. And Wildcats give as good as they get as well. The Red Army and the like. Are, are you concerned about some crowd behaviour, or, or are these just isolated cases? I think over the course of the journey, these would be outliers. And uh, no, we're not particularly concerned at this point in time. We absolutely don't condone it. And we have a zero tolerance attitude towards that kind of behavior in our venues. Mm. Um, And we we speak with venues all the time about exactly that point, that this is a family-friendly product. We want it to remain that way. Uh, It's it's the reason why mums and dads feel comfortable taking their kids to games and We'll do whatever we can to ensure that we protect that environment. So I think it's just a couple of outliers. There's no pattern. There's no consistency to it, and we'll, we'll deal with it swiftly when it does happen. Yeah, good. Uh, well handled. Uh, sorry, one last, because I noticed that we were going to talk about the Indigenous round, of course, which would be played through rounds 10 and 12, which is exciting as well. Uh, on that subject, there is speculation that you would love, at the back end of his NBA career, to get Paddy Mills to oh, come yeah. back and be the figurehead of the new franchise. Oh. How... how does that work? I mean, can you go to a player and say, "Hey, mate, we want to we want to put a team in Canberra. We want to put a team on the Gold Coast, and try and build it around someone like a Paddy Mills." Is is that in the is that in in the early uh, oh, conversation? I think I think we're far too early in his NBA career to to be having those conversations. I think the the, the dialogue at the moment is purely, "Hey, Paddy, when when it's of interest to you." Um, we will be very welcoming and obliging. We would love to have you back in the NBL. But at the moment, we're very much enjoying him getting around and doing his thing with the Brooklyn Nets and, and putting on the green and gold. So, look, uh, 
we would move heaven and earth to try and accommodate guys like Paddy, Joe Ingles coming back to the NBL. And if there was interest in by them in playing for a particular team, we would certainly sit down and have a, a, a conversation with them because they deserve exactly that. Um, but for the most part, ball's in their court and we're just sitting back and watching them do their thing and, and very welcoming should they ever want to come back. Jeremy, I reckon Paddy Mills is the only person that could make something in Canberra exciting. <laughs> That's well, I was, there, I was there earlier last week for the launch of Indigenous Rounds and uh, with, with the Prime Minister and the Treasurer and the Federal Sports Minister and Indigenous Affairs Minister. Yeah. I tell you what, it was a pretty exciting moment oh, yeah. for me. Yeah, because, yeah, sounds, oh, sounds yeah, like yeah, a exciting company. Yeah, you just named a ripping crew there. Yeah, yeah, sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Was there a few accountants <laughs> there as well? <laughs> yeah, probably, most likely. But uh, I tell you what, it was... Um, it was a pretty special moment, though, to have... I mean, we've, we've been doing the Indigenous round now for a few years, but for it to garner this kind of attention yep. is what it's all about, right? It's an opportunity to reflect and be grateful for uh, for the contribution that First Nations people make, and uh, there was a real sense of that in the room on the day, and to be a part of it was, was pretty exciting. So it's probably not the kind of excitement that you had in mind, but um, it, it certainly... Uh, <laughs> It certainly did the job for me. Ah, Everything well in is exciting. Yeah, um, I just, mean, I just love, love the league. I love yeah. the league. It, it's fantastic. And uh, you just don't know what you're going to get, whatever game. Who's home? Who's in a way? New Zealand are making an imprint in it. The Wildcats are just starting to warm up now. We'll probably win it. So we've let everyone... will. So you'll probably be back here soon. Yeah, we'll see you at the uh, grand final. <laughs> exactly uh, Jeremy, right. we appreciate it. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> hey, mate, appreciate your time. Thanks it's a long much, chat, guys. extended chat. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for joining us on SCNWA. Absolute pleasure as always. There he is, Jeremy Loliga from the NBL, and it is an amazing league. If you've got they've an opinion a on the huge league, huge job, I'll tell you. They've just they've turned the competition around, Larry and Jeremy. They've just a superb job. And Hutchie, thirteen, twelve, fifty-five. He's turned around the other way in the wrong direction. Hey, hey, Zero, hey, 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 hey that's, you a, yeah, that's a funny way to resign. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. There's more to that truth than you know right now. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. If you've got an opinion on the NBL and O, let's hope it's all positive because I think it should be thirteen, twelve, fifty-five. Give us a call. This is Scotty and Goss on breakfast on SEN. And something we didn't ask, of course, our man there, Jeremy Lowliga, is about the open court game, which has been earmarked for the January 14 at RAC Arena. They're going to open the roof uh, for that game. Has been sort of, Yeah, that's great news. So the Wildcats uh, fans, you're going to get a chance to sit for the first time in WA, an open court basketball game. The, I, Guarantee it pisses down. <laughs> well, he's close. Uh, there was one game, wasn't there? Didn't the Boomers play China or someone in Broome on an outdoor court? Not an open roof court, but an outdoor court. And it got really? canned because it got too dewy and they were slippering over. It was like, yeah. Really? I'm sure. I'm sure Andrew Vlahov tried an open court game up there in. In Broome, on the beach. Sound like AV just wanted a little junket. <laughs> uh, give us a call if you wish, 13 12 55 on the Toolkit Tempo open line or text away. Temper at Bedshed, the experts in temper mattresses, pillows and bases. At number 0487-736-736, Rodney Hogg, not too far away. Yes. Adam Simpson was with Mark Duffield yesterday. Um, he was on mornings. He Had this jumped off, say- hasn't he, Simo? Has he jumped off us? Yeah. Gone to Duff. Yeah. He went to Mardo and Hayes. Yeah, realised they're no good either. Then he went, now he's gone to 
<laughs> he's given Duff. He's given us one more crack. And he's going with Duff. Yeah, he's going with Duff. Come on, Simo. That's okay. We ask hard hitting questions. Here for his first game, we'll be here for his last. All righty, this is what he had to say. <laughs> Mark Duffield in regards to the draft. Of that. Do you expect them to be contenders to play early in the season? Well, we're not going to put a limit on it, Duff. We're going to prepare them for that, um, which is a slow build because the, the gap between the draft and pre-season is getting bigger and bigger. So not many players can come in and just hit the ground running and just, just join in with everything. So we're, we're aiming them to be right and available for, for, you know, early next year. But there's, you know, they're 18-year-old kids um, and there's some talent there which we're really pleased with. I think um, Ruben's probably the one with the biggest growth physically. He looks like um, he's a real responder in the gym and, you know, he's uh, he's going to be a big boy. So he, his best version is in terms of his body is a few years away. But, the um, you know, Harry and even um, Hewitt, they, they look a bit more mature physically. So, um, yeah, and they're all pretty fit boys. And from what we go, there, they're all run their two cars in pretty good time. So, yeah, we'll, we'll manage them slowly. Um, understand that they're, they're kids. But uh, at the same time, there's, there's going to be some spots available. What's your thoughts? I know we're only looking at draftees at every football club. And, and I asked this question of, of Mickey Ablett on I did the show in Melbourne the other day. And I asked him about which of those kids inside the top 20 of the draftees are ready to play. Well, you have to. Well, the difference nowadays is that the the pathways leading up to being drafted is these players have been doing weights for two or three years. Uh, they've been in elite programs and that, so they, they are most of them are ready to go. We've had them in the studio, Scott. Mm. They're little boys. Yeah, even oh, Jed so. Buzzlinger, he's a tall keeper. He's scrawny. They'll put on a few kilos, but they. they but it's not a. It's, Size is one thing, and, and Simo's bang on the money. They're, they're a couple of years away from being at their peak physical condition. There's no doubt about that. But they they need athletes now. As long as these guys can run 15 k's a game, then they're gonna they'll get their opportunity. And the Eagles will they'll have they'll have to blood some new guys yeah, early, get games in which, they, which they will yep. do. But I, I agree. I still think that the Eagles will be around the mark next year. 13, 12, 55, Toolkit Depot open line text. If you are an Eagles fan or a Freo fan, what do you think of your kids and do you think they're ready to have an impact? 0487736736. We head to Queensland next because that's where we find Rodney Hogg to talk about the test match, which starts uh, this morning. And, of course, you can hear all the action here on SEN and all the platforms, 1 o'clock Perth time. This is Scott Ingos. Good morning. lead to Adelaide today. This is the second test. You'll hear all the action with Jared Whateley, Damien Fleming, Simon Kadich, Barrett Sundarayson, Adam Collins and the crew. And they will be in commentary for the second test. It starts uh, well, one o'clock is the coverage. It starts and you'll hear, in fact, 11 o'clock Perth time. You'll hear it at, uh, on the East Coast at one o'clock if you're listening to us. And one man who is on the East Coast at the moment is yeah. former Australian Test Cricket and that's Rodney Hogg. Holiday from what though? Uh, well, I don't know. You know, him, you know him better than I. Hello, Hoggy! Hey, Tim, Scotty, how are you? It's terrific to hear your voice. I always enjoy it. No, it's not. No, it's not. Mate, I love you. You know I love you. I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, what's what's happening in Brisbane, mate? Just on a little junket or a holiday? Or? Well, if you, if you ask me where I was, I can't quite tell you because I got in a car yesterday from the Brisbane airport and we've travelled west and then we pulled into a hotel and uh, we're going to Chinchilla, I think, 
And um, yeah, last night there was a fair bit of uh, fair bit of lightning. But anyway, that's, that's got nothing to do with today's uh, chat. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I'll tell yeah. you what, WA needs to uh, uh, tap into the sportsman's night ability of this man. Now, I've done a big sportsman night with Hoggy. He stole oh, the show. The I don't think I was even needed. I was surplus to requirements. Yeah, well, that's regulation. Well, I was the main act there, so I should have stolen it, Tim. <laughs> Always need someone uh, to uh, to be pushing the barrow, though, uh, Ronnie. Hey, hey, how, how much interest have you got in the, in this test series against the West Indies? Uh, none. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Ronnie. None whatsoever. <laughs> well, when I see, uh, Tim, when I see batting averages 35, 38, 31, 36, 24, 30, 28, I know that the team's no good. And uh, the team's no good. The West Indies are no good. The West Indies cricket's finished. Where are all the old superstars? Where's Kenai and Sobers and Rowe and Haynes and Greenwich and Richards and Richardson and Hooper and Gale? Where are they? They've got nobody. <laughs> David Warner will not be appealing his leadership ban because he does not want to drag his family through another media circus. He doesn't want to air the dirty washing of Cricket Australia through some sort of uh, public panel, forum, or public man. forum. What are your thoughts there on David Warner? Well, him and his missus are funny mob. They've already got the publicity and he's not going to drag it. And she's come out and said a couple of things. How he should have gone about that, he should have gone to the chairman selectors and said to George Bailey... Look, Cummins might break down again. Um, we haven't got a lot of depth in captaincy. What about running it by Cricket Australia and trying to get me released from that ban, that silly ban I got all those years ago? That's how he should have gone about it. Mm, do you reckon it? So you reckon it should be lifted, Hoggy? Um, well, it was a silly ban in the first place. For goodness sake, the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, the chances he was going to play another 10 years and... Uh, and it was, leadership role. And it was only him too, Steve Smith's uh, captaining today. It'll be good when the truth comes out about all that stuff. I'm, 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 we're all, anybody who knows anything about cricket knows that we've all been lied to about all that and it was all hushed up by Cricket Australia big time. So, um, no, it's just a stupid band, but I think he'll come out when his playing days are over. When he's, when he's received his Provident Fund money, he'll come out, Warner. <laughs> Hey, mate, um, I was really interested. Obviously, the, the, the crowds here in Perth were a big uh, discussion point. And uh, Michael Clark came out yesterday and wrote something on air, and he asked, uh, he, he wanted to know, when was it the Australian police started going off the Australian cricket team? Well, Michael Clark can come out and he can go back wherever he came from. Um, yeah, look, the Western Australians were right onto that, weren't they? They knew it was it was a, started on a Wednesday. Cricket Australia's got no interest in Perth, have they? We've got that beautiful stadium. They gave us uh, the other mob uh, the other year, the, the second eleven sort of side, and they've given us another second eleven side, and they start the game on a Wednesday. But I think the public just knew it's a very, very weak West Indian team, so hence, um, hence they didn't turn up. I guess um, the South Australians are a bit different because it's a social event. Yeah. Um, they turn up for a social event, so you'll probably see pre-sold a lot more pre-sold tickets there because they just go along. And when people leave the game um, in South Australia, they say, I'll see you next year. So that's how the South Australians yeah. work. They, they meet their friends once a year at the Adelaide Oval, and out the back they hang. But the West Indies are in for a shock because they haven't had a day-night game in Adelaide before, and the temperatures went, you know, it looks pretty good on TV, but it's freezing at night. Once that sun goes down at Adelaide Oval at this time of the year, it's freezing. You know? They'll be absolutely useless, their quicks, and in the field they'll be walking around their hands in their pockets. 
Hey, frustration. Hey, Hoggy, then, they go to, then the Australian team have got a, a series with South Africa, of course, and they reckon that the Gabba test is almost sold out. They've been charging $10 a ticket. Ten bucks? Yeah. I don't believe that. The, the, a Cricket Australia charging 10 bucks a ticket? No. <laughs> they want to make money, that mob. <laughs> My mail is you get a $10 ticket to go to the Gabba. Fair dinkum. I reckon you've got bad mail. There you go. <laughs> There's no way, no. You can't go to the pitches for 10 bucks. Why could you go to a, a cricket game, a test match? They don't come around that often. I, I, no, I think it'll be well at South Africa, and that's who we should have had in uh, Perth, shouldn't we? We've got a lot of South Africans in Perth. We should have had them there. But it's good to see Boland back in the team today. Cummins, obviously, yep. if you can't bowl uh, three or four days ago with a quad, well, you just you shouldn't be. You're just out, aren't you? You get Correct. rested. Correct. I would have. I was hoping that someone else would be rested as well because it's a. They're all back-to-back test matches, and there's five of them. So I, I was hoping that uh, Morris might have got a Guernsey in this mm. game, but at this stage, um, I don't think he is. Do you reckon he gets a, a gig in this series at all, Hoggy? If you're, well, if you're talking so. about that, you know the back-to-back tests. There's going to be some uh, workloads on our uh, on our on our quicks. Do you reckon he gets a shot? Well, what will probably happen the next game? Boland will stay in. Which he deserves to be there, obviously. With his um, what's he got, eighteen wickets at night, so he shouldn't have been out of the side in the first place. But yeah. because we've got champs there, um, now what'll probably happen the next game? Cummins will come back in. They'll rest one of the other quicks, either Stark or Hazelwood. But Stark and Hazelwood just can't keep going for five Test matches. So you would hope that at some stage, and hopefully it's not Sydney, because Sydney's not a place where you want to make your debut as a quick. Hopefully it's um, it's uh, maybe Brisbane or or certainly the MCG. Where I think Boland did he make his debut? No, he may not have the made MCG. his debut last year. Did he make it the MCG Boland? Um, yeah, he may not have anyway. Yeah, he did. He went yeah, for fine no, leg was... to fine leg and third man to fine leg and fine leg to third man, and they loved him. They loved him. It's like with your day, Oggy. It sounds like Kim Hughes', Kim Hughes captain. <laughs> all righty then, all righty then. <laughs> hey, just quickly, uh, just last one before we let you go. We appreciate you coming on. We'd love to have a chat with you over a long period, longer period of time. Oh, but, uh, play golf with him, guys. No, thanks. Fun. Uh, it's hard enough playing with you. We'll never play again with your hammer attack. Hey, uh, Hoggy, so, uh, one of our listeners wants to know, do you live in Western Australia? And if so, how long have you yeah. been here? Yeah, two uh, two years and nine months. Ran away from COVID. Ran away from from Andrews. Um, <laughs> probably a similar sort of premier in Western Australia. Yeah. I think he's an honest. I think he's an honest premier in Western Australia. The bloke in Victoria, he's no good. He's a shocker. So when plus you, in in Victoria, you get bronchitis very easily. So I ran away from COVID, <laughs> and I just picked it up the other day. Excellent. So. <laughs> now you've gone to Queensland. Taylor to Chinchilla. <laughs> nice work. No, I'm a Western Australian. I know you hate Victorians, but I'm a Western Australian. Yeah, good on you, Augie. Great I man. You. Hey, we'll have an extended chat with you next time you're back home. Good. Appreciate your chat. See and you, enjoy brother. Queensland. Stay safe. See you, guys. Good on you. There's Rodney Hogg for you on Scotty and Goss. Rightio, just quickly before we get a break, Damien Martin has texted in. He doesn't have our phone number, so he's uh, texted on the... I he's got Brit that texts. He's not too good on it. Got to get a breakaway. Sorry, we'll go to the break. Our no, seat, no, main show begins at nine today. Right. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Hayes and Marto coming up next. Q.